If you're in construction, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Constructed Behaviors Podcast. I'm your host, Barb Allen. I'm a woman with decades of experience in the construction industry, and most of it on the job site. I know how rewarding this industry can be, but like you, I also know that we could improve. Let's work together to make changes from the inside out. My guest today knew in high school that she wanted to be in construction. She just didn't know where to start. A conversation with her high school guidance counselor made it clear that the counselor didn't know either. And her parents, although big supporters of her, they were not excited about the idea of her going into construction. But here we are eight years later. Taylor Beeman has earned her degree in construction management, a carpenter's journeyman card, the full support of her parents, and is moving her way up the ladder to superintendent at J.A. Dunn Construction. What changed? And what can we do to make the discovery, the path, and the support more easily accessible for high school kids that would truly love this industry? That is what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so tell everybody how you got interested in the construction industry anyway, because neither of your parents are, cons- are, are construction. I, uh, Full disclosure, I have met your parents um, eight years ago when this whole relationship started. Um, mom is a high school or was a high school teacher, um, just like my mom, and dad was chief of the fire department at Lee Summit. So not construction related. How did you even get interested? So it started back in middle school. Um, I did not play a music instrument um, and I didn't take art class. So what that meant is that I had to take shop class and I was actually really upset about it. I was nervous. That was the boys class, you know, at that time boys still had cooties and I didn't want anything to do with it. I remember telling my mom, she's like, it'll be fine. You know, you just got to take it just this one year and it'll be fine. Um, And I took it and I absolutely loved it. I had an amazing, amazing shop teacher um, in middle school who just really dove into everything head first with what he did. He was very passionate about it. Um, and we did a lot of cool projects. So after that year, when I went to high school, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take another shop class. Um, still at that point, wasn't really thinking anything about it. And then I just started taking shop class every year after that, just because I loved it. And then senior year rolled around and I actually had the option to graduate high school early um, or do like a half day work study type of thing. And I didn't want to graduate early because one, my friends were still in school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, So I chose to do the work study. I worked as a secretary actually at my mom's school um, for half the day. And then I went back and I took an English class. And then the rest of my day was shop class. And I was in the shop room all day uh, or half a day. And I loved it. I I loved being in there. I loved being around um, just all the different projects and all the different equipment and tools and having the ability to do all that. So then when uh, the discussion started happening about, okay, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? I was like, well, I have no idea. Um, And then it turned into, well, I'm going to be a carpenter. (laughs) And uh, like you said, I have no family in construction. So to me at that time, what that meant was, oh, I'm just going to build furniture. Like that's what a carpenter does. That's what I do in shop class. So that's what I'm going to do. Let me ask you a question. So Mm -hmm. when you started in shop class in middle school, what what did they have you doing? I mean, I don't I'll, I've never been in shop class because I I 
I never felt like it was an opportunity for me or something. I probably felt the same way you did, except I did play in musical instrument uh, and I was in choir. So there wasn't another elective I got to take. Um, but what did you learn in shop class in middle school? Kind of walk us through middle school and high school. Like what, what did you learn in shop class? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so middle school started out really simple. I mean, like day one, you know, they were teaching us, you know, how to read a tape measure and then like the names of different tools and equipment they had in the shop. So we could just be familiar with it. Um, because at that point it was nice because I felt like I was kind of on a level playing field. It seemed like all the other kids in there too, didn't know how to read a tape measure or what the tools were. So I didn't feel that like nervousness of, Oh my gosh, I'm the only one that doesn't know this, which was really That's helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, um, I know we built like a coat rack. So like a little shelf with three hooks. Um, so we got to use like a planer and plane the you know, top of our shelf. And then uh, we got to use a router and, you know, round our edges and things like that. Um, and then towards the end, like our most complicated project in middle school, we did a uh, like CO2 derby car. So that was really neat. We did that. Um, we got to build them and then uh, we got to race them and, you know, see who won. And then in middle or in high school, we transitioned more into um, like the lathe. So we did a uh, stool. We all built a wooden stool. I got to, you know, use the lathe to do our legs and things like that. Um, we were really lucky too. They had a welding booth in there. So we learned how to weld. So we did a project, um, which actually was another coat hook, but um, this time we welded everything for it. Um, and then from there, like when I was in my senior year and had half the day, uh, my shop teachers were absolutely awesome and they pretty much let me do whatever I wanted. So there was like a, uh, well, it's actually one of my dad's friends lived out on some land and he had a big oak tree that fell down and so we went out there and got it and I cut it in half and used you know the planer and the lathe and everything like that and uh, made a big bookshelf out of it <laughs> that's awesome so okay um what at least up until the time you graduated high school what mm -hmm. what's your favorite power tool I would say the lathe for sure yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. It's so fun. And I, I honestly never used a lathe until maybe five years ago. I just mm -hmm. took a random woodworking class and it was, I immediately was like, okay, I want to buy one of these. I want to set yes. it up in my basement. I want to do, <laughs> I was like, I love this tool. And of course yes. I haven't gotten around to do it, but I have taken okay. more classes and each time I'm just like, I love this tool. Yes. It's, it's so great. I remember actually being in high school. I asked my parents uh, one Christmas for a lathe. <laughs> and did they get it for you? No, they did not. <laughs> okay, so let's circle back. That's a perfect lead into okay, you're thinking people that you're getting you're starting to be gosh, Barb, trip over your tongue a little. Um you your parents are starting to say, what are you gonna do after college? How tell us how those conversations were going as you're thinking, oh, I want to be a carpenter. How how was that conversation happening with your parents? It, it wasn't. It wasn't a conversation. <laughs> Uh, my, yeah, like you said, my mom, you know, she's been in education her whole life. Um, it's something that's very important to her that, you know, her daughters continue their education, got a good job for themselves, could, you know, support themselves. So for her, it was really important that I did go to college, um, and have a degree. My dad, he was, you know, on the same page of that as well as, you know, if my, my dad's a little old fashioned, so I think in his mind, um, as a woman, you needed a degree to have a good, successful job. And so when I told him I was going to be a construction worker, uh, that wasn't even an option. He <laughs> definitely against that. Um, and it didn't help that neither one of them were in construction. They 
truly just didn't know. They only knew the stereotypes. You know, they didn't think that I would make good money. Um, they didn't, they also didn't know what I would be doing. Like we didn't realize there was like what the commercial realm of it is, or, you know, they just thought I was going to get, you know, stuck, um, essentially building furniture and not making money and it wouldn't work out. <laughs> and then I'd be back in their basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So for a long time, I don't think it really was a conversation. It was more me bringing it up and then being like, yeah, that's not going to work. Or it could be like a side hobby. You could do it, you know, on your days off from whatever actual job you pick. Um, they wanted me to go more of the traditional route of like a nurse, a teacher, um, a lawyer, you know, something of that nature, um, which were things that I you know, had interest in. Um, I actually, for the longest time, said I was either going to be a teacher or an author. That's obviously not at all what I am now. Um, so they aligned, but they just, they were very nervous. I think also it was because it's not a traditional female role or job. Um, and that freaked them out too. <laughs> so what, what prompted you to have the conversation with your guidance counselor? Did the school make you have those conversations or were you like, I'm drowning here with my parents. Where else can I get some info? A little bit of both. So I didn't really know where to go other than my parents because I didn't, I didn't know. Um, and then our school ended up doing, I think they called it maybe career day. I don't remember the exact name, but basically they gave the seniors the option of either going to a college and like touring the college and learning about whatever education program they wanted to do, or they could do like a job shadowing experience. And that's kind of where I started with the, my counselor of, I'd been on some college tours. And at that point I wasn't against going to college, but I just didn't think that I could with what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to my guidance counselor and asked actually if there was any anybody that I could job shadow that was a construction worker. Um, and she said no, that there was no one that they knew of that I could go, go do that with. Um, so that's when she helped me actually find Barb by Googling, you know, females in construction in Kansas City. Um, and then Barb's name popped up and sent her an email, basically like, help me. I have no idea what I'm doing uh, or what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> what, what were you hoping would come out of that email? A response. I actually didn't think you would respond. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember everything I put in the email, but I'm pretty sure that I kind of just put it all out there and was like, I think this is what I want to do. I don't know what it is. My parents aren't on board with it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know where my next steps are. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, you obviously replied. You brought me down to, you know, where you worked, showed me different job sites. You explained that I could go to college for a degree with it um, and then explained that it wasn't just building furniture. And it was I mean, it was awesome. I it couldn't have worked out any better. Well, and what I what I love about that, other than that, we got to meet and have this relationship is that you didn't know you you weren't sure that I would even respond and for you to know you probably would feel this way now if someone were to email you but what I was feeling on the other side of that email like as soon as I remember where I was sitting when I read the email I remember getting chills and going yes 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 yes, yes. how can I help her how can I help her how can we connect what can we do when can I bring her in like I was so excited and and I just want anyone listening um to know that we want to share what we do. We want to show you all the opportunities. And, you know, when I 
I heard you saying you wanted to be a carpenter and I completely support it if you wanted to be a carpenter, but I wanted you to know the other things that were available out there too. I wanted you to understand the whole spectrum because I sure as shit didn't know the whole spectrum when I was even a junior in college, much less mm -hmm. a, a senior in high school. And so I wanted to spend that day just giving you all of the, all of the information I possibly could. And I wasn't sure if I'd ever hear from you again after our day, but I was just, I was so excited that you did. You came and you shadowed for a day. And um, one of my favorite pieces of that day is um, when your dad picked you up. Yeah. And your dad, so um, people not watching this on YouTube, um, I, I refer to Taylor as my mini me, other than she has currently lightened her hair. Um, I What Taylor looks like now is what I looked like when I started in the industry. And what's funny is Taylor and I both went to Lee Summit High School. Granted, I went when there was only one high school, and I think there's now four. Um, and you went to Lee Summit North. Our parents had similar career. Like we had so much in common. It was just like yes. this really weird mini me feeling. And I think, and I don't know about your dad, but I feel like your dad, like I remember standing in the um, the lobby of Jay Dunn talking to your dad and he was, he was being very respectful. He was very nice and he was trying to relay his concerns. And I remember saying, look at me. I look, your daughter looks exactly like I looked when I started, except my hair was curly. Like other yeah. than that, it's crazy. And I said, I, this is what I've been able to do. And I ran him through what my career looked like. And I just remember the look on his face kind of changing, like, okay, wait, you know, we talk about how women need to see it to be it. But yes. in this instance, your parents needed to see it mm -hmm. to know that you could do it. Like, and it's not that your parents didn't believe in you. I mean, I've gotten to know your parents. They fully, you have full support of your parents. But this was like, and this wasn't, this was something they didn't understand. They didn't right. have any experience in and just kind of watching his body language and his facial expressions kind of alter, not like it all went away. It didn't, all the scare <laughs> didn't go away, but I could just feel him being like, okay, wait, I think, I think she, this woman did actually do this. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember what the conversation was like on the way home? Yes. Um. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I remember when my dad was talking to you in the lobby, I remember one of the things he said was, well, there's no way that she could pick up a sheet of plywood. And you were like, yeah, there is. I do it. <laughs> I was like, I love this woman. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, the conversation going home, it was different. It was different than any conversation we had had prior to it. Um, I was like full of energy at this point. I was super excited. I learned, you know, so much from spending that day with you. And I was really, really excited about it. I was pumped up. And I remember I could kind of see, like you said, a start change of, okay, well, there are other women that do it there. You know, there's all these benefits that he didn't know about or that we didn't know about um, that come with it, you know, and I think it started to kind of ease his mind of, okay, so maybe there is a career here and maybe there is, you know, opportunities for me, which was exciting. When you just said uh, these benefits that you guys didn't know existed, what would you say some of those are? Um, so in the in the big picture wise, um, the money, we didn't realize that there was 
a, I mean, a good amount of money to be made in construction. Right. Um, the it's always a nice surprise. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the union, we didn't realize. Um, I mean, yeah, we didn't. I, I didn't at least realize that um, there was so many benefits with being a union carpenter, um, like retirement, um, health benefits, things like that. Um, or just the simple fact of if, if you get laid off, they're there to help you find your next job. It's not like you got to do it all on your own. Um, so benefits like that. And then uh, just benefits in general of it's a rewarding job. I mean, it's, it's something that's really neat and it's not just, you know, you, you built something and then that's it. It's, it stays with you. It sticks with you and it's stuff you're proud of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about your mom for a minute. So I then invited you to come to a NAWIC meeting. So as a mm-hmm. guest, so that you could just meet. I wanted you to meet other women and see that, you know, they don't all look like me and they don't all do what I do. I wanted you to really be exposed because a, a room full of women in NAWIC is not just women from the field. It's not just women mm-hmm. in project management. It's from sureties and bonds. It's from all, all these different aspects, construction law that's what fills a room. And so you and your mom came and that's when I first met your mom. Do you remember how, how, how did it affect your mom being in that room and being, being at that meeting? I think on the way up there, um, I think we both were kind of nervous just because we didn't know what to expect. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously we didn't know what like the meeting was going to consist of, but more so just talking to the women we had you know no idea what to expect because we didn't realize like you said that it wasn't just that, that it was women from every every aspect of the industry we had no idea um and then i think when we got there it was intimidating in a really good way it was uh it was intimidating walking into a room that was filled with very powerful women i mean very powerful very successful women i mean it's it was a really cool feeling but it was also really overwhelming it was like oh my goodness like this is crazy but it's really cool (laughs) and I think that was something that my mom needed to see as well of okay this isn't you know just like a bunch of guys and Taylor it's 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 getting there there's there's women in this role yeah um so when when you left there um I'm going to say, I could be wrong. I want to say that was probably spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you ended up, I don't know that we had a lot of communication uh, for a while after that. Uh, next mm-hmm. thing I know, you're in college. You're going to CMS, UCM, also yeah. where I went to Chase Construction yeah. Management, uh, mm-hmm. wearing my UCM sweatshirt on the call today. <laughs> uh, but I pretty sure I wear this almost every day when I'm at home, probably. Here in um, anyway, um, what, what made you decide to go get your degree? And I mean, there's, you didn't, you didn't have to, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, right. you decided that was the best path for you. And what made mm-hmm. you made that decision? So there was a couple things. One was the fact that eventually I want to have kids. Um, and it, made me a little bit nervous to not have my degree because at the time I didn't realize um, all of the great benefits that the union has if I would have not gone to college for that. But I was nervous to be nine months pregnant. I thought I would be nine months pregnant out there, you know, 
swinging a hammer and that made me nervous. Um, so I liked the idea that I could go get my degree. I can still work in the field. I can still be a carpenter. And then when that time comes, you know, when I'm nine months pregnant waddling around, I could be more in the office role or supervision role instead of having to be so physical on myself. Um, and then I also liked it going to college because it, I think also helped ease my parents' mind that say none of this worked out and it, you know, it all failed that at least I would have a degree to fall back on um, and to use sort of change in whatever direction that looked like, um, which was helpful. When you were in college uh, in construction management, how many other young women were in the program at that time? So when I first started in my first year, there was two women above me. Um, they were, I think one was a sophomore, one was a junior. Um, and that was it my first year. And then my second year, there was one freshman that came in behind me. And then my junior year, I think there was just, there was just two of us. But then my senior year, there was actually three women that joined that year. So I think when I was still a senior, there was close to five, five or six of us. So not very many, but it felt like a lot. Oh yeah. Well, and I've said before, when I started, and granted, I didn't have the freshman through senior experience like you did. I didn't join till my junior year, but when I joined, one had just left. And when I left, one was just joining. So I was the only one. Right. Um, did you feel a camaraderie with the other women? Did you not interact much with them because classes didn't overlap or what, what was, what was that dynamic? A little bit of both. Um, I think in the beginning, it was kind of this awkwardness. It was like, well, I mean, yeah, we're all here to get the same degree and do the same thing. But it it just felt kind of weird because it's not it wasn't like shop class in high school where I typically was the only woman. Um, it just felt a little different. I think we all kind of felt that like, what are we supposed to talk about or what are we supposed to, well, how do we introduce ourselves <laughs> without being weird? Um, but then as we got, you know, more involved with like the different programs that um, our construction management group had, like we had some student organizations and stuff like that. Um, and then it was more of like an organic interaction that way. Then yes, we became, we came pretty close. Um, we definitely talked a lot more, you know, helped each other out, you know, when we had questions, things like that. What about internships? So I, with me only joining my junior year, I only got one internship during college. How many internships did you get? What did you do? And what, how did that solidify for you what you wanted to do? Yeah, so I had two internships. Um, both of them were actually at Cerner. Um, so my first summer I was doing concrete work and I loved it. Uh, that's still by far my absolute favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I still remember being so green. I showed up, uh, my first day, not even realizing I had to wear high vis, like didn't even know that was a thing. Um, just cause I didn't know. <laughs> so there was definitely a lot of learning and I would say that's probably my favorite internship just because I did learn so much. Um, but it was great. I got to do concrete form work. Um, so we did a lot of like elevator shaft work, uh, we did a lot of footings and foundations because they were right at the beginning of the project. Um, so it was really neat. I learned, I learned a lot. I worked with some really great guys. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I just, I fell in love with it. It was really hard work. Um, but I loved it. I, I mean, it was just, 
one of those things where you'd go home absolutely exhausted every day. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. But I wanted to get back up and go every morning just because it was so rewarding. And it was, yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, this is, this is it. This is what I wanted to do. And I'm getting to do it. Um, and then my second internship, I was still out at Cerner, but they'd, it had been a year. So they'd obviously made a lot of progress on the project. And I actually got to do an uh, interior internship. So I looked at um, like backing and then casework, countertops, things like that. Um, which was really neat. It was obviously a whole, whole different thing I was getting to learn and see. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a great experience too. Um, when you, just so the audience knows, when you say you worked at Cerner, it was actually building a Cerner campus for JE Dunn. You were working for JE on a Cerner campus and, but it was the same project both summers because it was a couple year project. Is there yeah. anybody on that job in particular that you feel like was really a great mentor or supporter that um, that you'd like to shout out or say like what they did that really, really made an impact on you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So to start with my superintendent, Jason Pruitt, he's actually my superintendent right now at the project I'm on, which is, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of circle back, but he is awesome. Um, I remember when I first started, he was walking me around, you know, showing me around and someone actually asked him if I was his daughter, uh, which was <laughs> hilarious uh, to me. I think he got a little embarrassed. He wasn't sure necessarily how to, you know, like respond at first, but uh, it, it was, it was funny, but no, he was awesome. He was always checking in, checking in with me. He was bringing me to like, you know, superintendent meetings and foreman's meetings and just letting me like hear those experiences as well. Um, but just, yeah, including me, making sure everything was going well, um, just really, really involving me, uh, which I felt like was a huge, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like he, he was very busy. The Cerner complex project was huge. It was massive. There was two different buildings going on at the exact same time. So he, he was busy, but he took the time to check in with an intern who may or may not have ended up working with, you know, JD Dunn yeah. and made the time to make sure that I was getting what I wanted out of the internship, that I was involved and that I liked it, which was awesome. Yeah. And the other one I would say would be Dave Steele. He is a journeyman carpenter. He is awesome. He is an amazing carpenter, very smart, very talented. And he was actually one of the first journeymen I ever worked with. And if anybody knows Dave Steele, this man does not stop. He goes a million miles an hour. He is always moving, always working. And I remember thinking, that everybody was going to be like that. And I thought, there's no way I can do this. I can really do <laughs> um, So it's neat. I'm actually also working with him right now on the same project. So it's been neat to kind of come full circle to all that. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. and you got hired on uh, after college with Jay Dunn to train to become a superintendent and um, a similar path that I did. And we will do another episode on your path. I know you have an interview with Camille Finan on uh, Remodel Your Life podcast that people can go look up and hear a lot of that. What I really, what you and I talked about really focusing on today is what do you wish had been different for you as far as support um, for kids in high school to really learn about these careers and, and how to find them, how to be exposed to them, how to feel welcome to join them, how to talk about parent or how to help parents understand them. Like talk about what you would have liked to have been different and how you think we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel really blessed in the way that it worked out for me because it definitely did. Um, and I'm very grateful to have had you and your help and everything like that. 
Um, I do think it could have been a little easier. I think um, definitely starting in schools. I know schools push really hard for, you know, okay, after you graduate, you're going to go to college. Um, but I think it's really important that they need to start focusing on college isn't for everybody. College isn't the answer and it's not the only option. Um, definitely promoting trade schools and then not not just promoting them, um, explaining how, how do you get into trade school? How do you apply? What does that look like? What is the actual apprenticeship look like? You know, what happens after you do the trade school? Like explaining that so it's not so much of a guessing game or something that kids are like, well, I don't know what it is. So I'm not really gonna, you know, take the time to look into it or I'm not gonna, you know, ask because I don't know what it is and I have no idea where to start type of deal. Um, and then I think too, for parents, mine had no idea about construction just because they don't, their careers aren't in construction. They're not construction related. And then none of their family were. Um, so I think it's important to realize if you don't know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. You know, if you don't know anybody in it or you don't know anything about it, that doesn't mean it's, it's for, Oh, it's for a reason or it's, it's a bad, you know, career. If, if you don't know, just look into it, just, you know, reach out to somebody who is in it or, or look, look up things, you know, because it, like I said, you know, we, we learned so many good benefits about it that we just had no idea about. So looking into it, not just immediately shutting it down. Um, and then also being open to a career that may not always be a traditional path for your son, your daughter, whoever it is, um, just, just being open to it because you can be really successful regardless of what, whatever type of traditional role or career it is. Um, and then I definitely think outreach from industry professionals like Barb, like myself, like anybody, um, to have that representation, but start at a younger age, um, start, you know, elementary, middle school, just so that they're used to hearing about it, that they know about it, they know it's an option, a career. Um, and then they can see, oh yeah, like, you know, there's, there's a woman that looks like me that does it. This, this is something that I can do. It's not this stereotypical, you know, really strong masculine guy out there, you know, doing the job and I don't look like that or I don't fit that. So I can't do it. Um, but just really getting involved with the community, with schools, you know, talking to your kids or other kids about all the opportunities that are out there. Well, in a minute ago, you said starting, starting at a younger age. And I, what I understood you to say at that time is, you know, let's, let's make sure kids as early as grade school know about these careers. But yep. what I, what I started thinking about is, you know, the first person I mentored really was you. And I had been in my career, I had graduated from college 20 years mm -hmm. prior. And yet this is the first, that was the first time for me. And so I think starting at a younger age or an earlier opportunity in our own careers to become mm -hmm. those mentors, to reach out, to say on LinkedIn, hey, I'm here if there are any parents out there yep. whose kids are thinking, because think about yeah. LinkedIn, we are connected to a ton of people in the construction industry. Mm -hmm. And we're, each of us is connected to even more people that aren't in the construction industry. And they're seeing right. our posts and just, you know, setting out there, hey, are you a parent whose kid's thinking about construction and you're like, big X, no way, right? <laughs> you know, I'm here to answer your questions or I can put you into contact with someone else. And it's mm -hmm. starting that involvement process in a mentorship or outreach mm -hmm. earlier in your career than, um, than I did for sure. I think that's getting better, but um, 
I think that we could all be doing doing more for it. Um, as you know, recently I was approached by another teacher in the Lee Summit School District saying, hey, I've got a student who wants construction and their dad is not listening, like not interested. Would you mm -hmm. uh, would you be willing to meet with them? And, you know, I was thinking, man, and I and I did and I met with them. And if this is eight years after this same conversation happened with you. And mm -hmm. this is nothing against Lee Summit School District. This is just an example of an excellent school district mm -hmm. that still needs help with this. And the best part, the best ending of this story is that after the conversation with this student, I then reached back out to the school and said, who can I talk to? I would love to get in front of your guidance counselors. I would love to let them know like, what what this industry is really all about and and the, honestly the person that i spoke to their first response was uh we've probably got some that aren't really open to it but let me really think about and you know i, I said you know that's part of why i want to get in front of them myself i want i want to walk into the room and then be surprised that this is the construction person that's walking in the room this is what yeah. they look like but the other thing i said in the communication to them is hey Maybe you should also know that kids graduating with a degree in construction right now are starting about $70,000. And when yeah. I left my job a couple of years ago, I was making $250,000. Right. And the response I got was, I'm in the wrong career. And I'm like, <laughs> come on over. Come on over to construction. Would love to yeah. have you, although we need all of the, the teachers and mm -hmm. administrators. But I think sometimes they just need to know that. And so I did, uh, within two days, I got an email from the somebody at the top of the school district saying, hey, would love to have you come talk to our to our students about non-traditional careers. And I said, ooh, I have someone closer to their age I'd like to bring with me as well. <laughs> and so you have agreed to do that. And yes. um, it's just like before, you know, eight years ago when we had that conversation, I didn't... I didn't do my due diligence to reach back out to the school and say, how can I also, how can I help even more students? Right. And in eight years, how many students have we maybe lost that could have loved construction or found it sooner um, if I had. And so that's just going back to that encouragement to all of those construction professionals listening, just mm -hmm. letting, even if you just reach out to your own high school and say, Hey, here's what I do. Happy to be a resource. Right. I mean, that's an easy first step. And if they don't respond, they don't respond. But even if you help one, I mean, I look at your career and I'm just so thankful that you had the guidance counselor that said, let's Google, right? Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know, but let's Google. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that is, that is having counselors that understand and really want kids to be able to be happy in what they want to do, not trying yeah. to push them into the molds of yes. what the norm is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I'm looking here at my notes. Um, oh, this is a fun stat that I found the other day. <clears throat> And it, it varied on different uh, websites that I looked at. But in 2024, there are going to be about 3.5 million kids graduating high school across the United States. 3.5 million kids. That's and a lot. 
how many of those will actually go into construction related? And that's architecture, that's engineering, that's mm -hmm. construction. How many of them will actually go into that? Um, and we need a big percentage of them. The amount of work that is out there, the labor shortage that we're experiencing and yes. will continue to experience for the next few years. Man, if we'd done a better job four years mm -hmm. ago, even we would have gotten a bigger percent. But mm -hmm. people are asking, where do we get these people? 3.5 million graduating every, <laughs> every year. Yeah. That's a big pool to be, to reach out to. And it's, it's not just, um, it's not just one person doing something. We all have to do our part. So, yes. okay. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think it's just, I just think it's really important that, uh, like you said, we reach out, we start young. Um, even if it's something as simple as like, you know, going to the elementary school and reading them a book about your job or about construction, just, just something small to start getting it in front of them so that they know. Um, and it really will help break this stereotype so people can actually think about it and not think, oh, well, I don't fit that mold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any regrets? No, not at all. I, <laughs> I don't, I truly don't think I would be happy if I did something else. I absolutely love my job love where I'm at. I mean, sure. It's not always sunshine, sunshine and roses. Some days suck, but every Some job has those minus days. 10. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't trade it. Like even on the days it sucks, there's nothing I would rather do. Well, and when we first met you, uh, were interested in carpentry and building cabinets. Um, mm -hmm. do you look back on that and wish that that's what you had done? Or is that a side hobby for you now? Or where, where are you on that? It's so funny. So this uh, project I'm on currently has been the first project that I've been able to do interior carpentry other than my first uh, internship. And it's it's been great because I've learned a lot. I mean, a lot. But, and it's also super nice because I'm inside this winter, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I my true love, my true passion is definitely concrete and concrete formwork, which is so not anywhere close to building furniture or building cabinets. Um, but it's funny, but it's one of those things that I think I got put outside my comfort zone and I realized I really loved it. And I, I think it's great. I still like, you know, building odds and end little stuff on the side and I don't do it near as much. Um, but no, I, I, I love where I'm at. Well, and uh, just to wrap up, I want to say the project that you've been on for the last what year? Uh-huh. Um, for the year is the KC Current Stadium, which is the first ever in the world soccer stadium being built for a female soccer team. And yeah. that, that in itself is such a cool thing to be a part of just in KC. But you got to yeah. be on the project. You were a foreman, foreperson on the project running column crews. And uh, before you before you got to go inside, right, you were running column yeah. crews, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah this, okay. this project's been really neat, not only for that reason, but it's the only project I've ever been on that I've seen this many women, whether that's our project managers that are on site every day, um, all the way to our, you know, owners reps, to our owners, to our tradeswomen. There are so many tradeswomen yeah. for every trade out there. It is so cool. I mean, it, it's it's really neat because most projects you know you'll see a couple here and there but 
there's so many and it's really neat that everybody's really kind and it's just, it's been really neat to see more representation. Well, and I think, and I don't even know if it was the city or if it was primarily ownership of the Casey Current, but they had very high female participation, well, female and minority participation goals. Yes. And, you know, I, I just look about the, the people that I know that have been on the job and Jay Dunn, for example, their lead project manager on the job, Cassie, is a woman. Yes. Uh, yes. Mark one is the electrician and their lead project manager is Carrie, a woman, yes. you know, and yes. it's just been, um, it's just been a really cool project to see that many uh, women owned businesses, women in leadership, women coming up in the trades on that project. And I feel like it's, it's a way for women in construction and women in soccer to kind of combine. I mean, it's very different industries, but we have very similar, uh, have faced very similar struggles in, in getting our, taking our place, right? Or um, yeah. So I just, I just think the whole endeavor was, is super awesome. And I'm so, I think it's so cool that you got to be part of it. And I, you know, that's something you're absolutely never gonna forget, so. Right. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking time to, we are gonna definitely have another interview where we talk more about your experience as you've climbed up the ladder um, from starting after college to on your journey to superintendent. And um, I know that you are about to start running your very first job on your own here in a few months. And so once that starts, we are gonna set up another interview and we're gonna see, see how that's going for you. So thank you for taking the time. Always love to see you. We'll talk soon. If you know someone that could benefit from this particular episode, then share it with them. Or if you want to continue to learn about the untapped and underutilized resources that will take your business to the next level, then follow the podcast. You don't want to miss an episode where we discuss what you needed to hear. And lastly, there is a link in the show notes that will allow you to reach out to me directly if you want to accelerate that learning curve. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.